0: Welcome to Your Partner in Success Radio. I am your host, Denise Griffiths, and this podcast is ranked in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts globally, and honestly, it's all because of my truly incredible guests, and I feel so incredibly fortunate to spend time with people who are at the top of their game, and they are passionate about helping you achieve your goals in both your personal and professional lives, and my guests hold nothing back. They're here to share the secrets of peak performance with us and I know you'll find their insights both inspiring and actionable. So sit back, relax, and get ready to take your life and your business to the next level. And my guest today, I'm really excited. My guest today, Prashikao, is helping introverted techies, and I as one, become superstar leaders and bringing design thinking to cybersecurity. She is combining her 17-year expertise in cybersecurity, business strategy, DEI and executive coaching through Think Design Cyber's unique offerings. And she is the CEO and co-founder of Think Design Cyber and executive fellow at Cyber Theory Institute. Now, this is why I'm excited. She's joining us today to talk about introverts, which is a topic very close to my heart. As I mentioned, I am one. I'm not shy, not even close to shy, to be honest. And to be keep on being honest, I don't have much in the way of filters, so sometimes I really don't need to be around other people, but imagine my delight during the pre-interview when she said she could speak extensively and passionately about introverts and just how we contribute in the world, so she's here to share why she feels introverts are important as a voice of change and how they can create force, creative force, I can't remember what I was going to say there, without changing their personalities. In short, she joins us to dispel myths, stories, and bias about introverts. Rashi, welcome to your partner on success radio.
1: Thank you, Denise. It's an absolute pleasure.
0: Well, we had a terrific pre-interview. I was—I mean, I was pop- popping up and down in my chair, going, "Ooh, yeah, this is so close to my heart." And in the pre-interview you didn't mention this, but just now in the the green interview, the crane room, it's Monday. I'm excited. You know, pardon my, my uh, boo-boos here, but you just mentioned that you're getting married in a month. So congratulations. Thank you. So tell us about you. I mean, how did you go from talking about introverts to cybersecurity? I mean, that's, that's a wide path you're walking down there.
1: Interesting. When people ask me that about my career, I tell them it's happened more by a process of elimination than selection. Um, I have gone all over corporate America in many different areas, especially, you know, business strategy, um, DEI and such, and have an extensive background in management consulting. But throughout that process, um, you know, I started to do some projects in cybersecurity, learned and immersed myself in the subject matter expert. But the common thread in all of that was a lot of mentoring and talking to, you know, my peers, people who, who were, you know, behind a few years in in their careers, and asking for advice and um, and things like that. And um, a lot of them really had hopes, dreams, and desires, and the commonality was somehow attracted them into my life and they claimed themselves to be introverts. And um as I you know, as you just mentioned before I'm getting married, my fiance is an introvert. My younger sister, she's a movie director. She she commands a set of up to a thousand people at a time when they're, you know, shooting a movie and on a set. And she claims to be an introvert. My best friend is an introvert. And all these people I met in my corporate life who I had the opportunity to contribute, you know, to their life through mentoring and coaching, um, claimed to be introverts. And a lot of the conversation then became about what they labeled themselves as and what that meant to them and how they saw that as an impediment to their growth or in achieving those, you know, hopes, dreams, and desires that they saw for themselves. And uh and, and that really sort of led me down this path of saying, Okay, so right now, you know, these are all my strengths, these are all my portable skills. Um, I love the idea of helping people advance in their life, in their business, in their careers and Cybersecurity again, just by the sheer number of introverts I was coming across became a no brainer so I was rather led to the choice of working you know in this space in cybersecurity and sort of blending that with the with the ambition of helping introverts succeed in their in their life really
0: and you wrote a wonderful LinkedIn post this morning where you referenced this podcast and where you said, in part, there are too many who feel it's hard to put oneself out there in this loud world. Their voice remains unheard, even when there is so much value to offer and is needed more than ever. And then you asked what I thought was a very important question. But what if it doesn't have to be that way? What if your introversion can be transmuted from a limitation, which you just spoke of, into your superpower? What if you could use it to win rather than lose? Great, yeah, great question. I'm so glad I saw that this morning.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and I feel like questions open up portal into our minds and our psyches and our subconscious minds especially, because what happens is when we label ourselves introverts and or extroverts or anywhere in between, we tend to then come to a judgment, a conclusion, a decision based on those labels, right? So I'm an introvert, therefore... This
0: cannot happen, or this can happen. And you described yourself just a moment ago in the the green room as a trained ambivert, Mm -hmm. and I want you to talk about that. But, I listen, like you, I come across a lot of introverts, and some are just like, well, I can't have a podcast. I'm afraid of speaking. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm going to tell you all right now, you and the audience, can't is a word that I will not use. I I will use don't. I will use won't, and sometimes I'll use hell no, but I never Mm -hmm. use the word can't.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, just, you know, sort of circle back on the childhood story. I call myself a trained ambivert, um, which for folks who don't know is sort of the middle you know, the, the middle level in the spectrum of introversion to extroversion is the term ambivert. You're kind of a little bit of both and somewhere in the middle in that spectrum. Now, growing up in India, um, I was the, you know, the, the oldest child among three siblings, and I was basically trained to become an extrovert or by nature of being an older child, you know, helping out my family out there, my parents. Um When we had guests over at home, I would you know get out water, you know, get serve them beverage, sit down and chat with them, or you can know come say hello to Uncle or come say hello to Auntie. she's visiting you um and have some conversations and I had to do that because I could not say no, right? They're my parents, and you listen like a nice, obedient child um and so I did not have a choice frankly, and in that. maybe that was my parents' goal was to sort of instill those social skills. But in that space, I really had to overcome, you know, the resistance to having social interaction. I, I didn't like, you know, I just wanted to be left alone. And, well, I didn't have a choice, come out and talk to people. So that's how I, you know, gained my conversational skills, gained my social skills, became really good at it um and for a long time I actually used to think well I'm a really good extrovert I can talk to people I can you know meet people and make friends and you know set up great relationships establish trust really fast Uh, but over time and especially in in my mid-30s when I realized you know I really like my alone time too and what's this about (laughs) and as I started to indulge in that I realized that um I realized that there's my coffee machine going bonkers there. I apologize for that. (laughs) Um, I didn't hear it. Okay, good. Um, It just, of of course, it was like the Murphy's Law. (laughs) But um, anyway, so so growing up then, not having a choice, I acquired those skills. You know, I thrived in my career because of that too. And, And now, like, in the last six, seven, eight years, I really started to enjoy my alone time. I really started seeking that. And that was an inquiry I made for myself and I said, I'm really not enjoying social interaction the way I used to or the way I used to think it's comfortable. And as I started to indulge in that and having met so many introverts, I gave myself permission to, to explore the possibility that, hmm, is there, a, is there a part of me that is really an introvert? And the answer turned out to be, yes, yeah, surprising to me. Um, and and there you have it. Why was it
0: surprising? <laughs> I always knew I was. As I was sharing with you in the green room, Yeah. as I was growing up, yeah. I was called cold. I was called standoffish. Yeah. Just yeah. all kinds of miserable things. And I would just look at people and say, who are you? Didn't matter if I had seen them in a class four hours ago. I didn't know who they were. I wasn't paying attention. I was in my own head. I was reading a book. I was thinking. Yeah. Introverts think a lot. <laughs> It's are always yeah. in our heads.
1: Think a lot, introspect, yes, and and which was surprising to me because th- those were not my dominant behavioral traits, right? Um, I was, as like you said, I was in consulting, which required a lot of, you know, people interaction, required a lot of sort of conversations on a daily basis of all kinds, difficult and easy, and I thought that was my my forte until a part of me just started feeling this this poll to say no i need my alone time i need to be away from this initially i thought it was just burnout and you know all those other things but um it really wasn't it was that yeah i am part introvert and it was surprising because i had never indulged that side of me and never explored that side of me and i was resisting because of the biases that are out there probably against introverts too to say well what does that make me if I'm an introvert, right? And that was a check for myself, and I'm saying this, you know, as your audience is listening to me, because sometimes you have to practice what you preach. So If I'm out there helping introverts, in some way it worked out because it came at a time that I realized what it really felt and meant to be an introvert, so I could help them better um, and also understand what it feels like when, you label yourself or others label you as an introvert, like you said, and all those adjectives that go along with it, right, the negative ones. Um, I think I resisted that for a little bit. And then then as I started to see that, to say, okay, no, maybe that's not the truth, that's not the entire truth of it. Um, I started researching, reading books about it, um, talking to more people, um, and, and really accepting the fact that, you know, that's also, that is a part of me, that's a big part of me, and so being an ambivert was something that felt good to me energetically as well. Um, and to say, yeah, I have, I have both sides. And, and in some ways, that is a – or in the biggest way, that's a blessing.
0: It is. And in some ways, I'm an ambivert as well. I'm going to go with 90% introvert and 10% yeah. ambivert. Mm-hmm. When I'm out and about, yeah. people love to talk to me. I don't know why. I go out. I'm not joking. I go out with my baseball cap, my biggest Ray-Bans, and my resting bitch face on and people still want to talk to me.
1: I don't know <laughs> yeah. Why. It's like you have and a radar, what? right? Yeah. I
0: do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people will stop me in the grocery store, in parking lots. The other day I was putting gas in my car and I didn't need much. My gas gauge is acting up and the man next to me said you you really didn't need that much gas and I turned around and looked at him. I didn't even know we was there to be honest I said no I just don't trust my gas gauge that opened up a whole new conversation it's like I just wanted right. gas but it was fun right. it was it was a fun conversation but I never get away by myself I just never mm-hmm. do so Me to,
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah people like us and we don't know why. But it's okay. But one of one of the things that I wanted to talk with you about, Prachi, is mm-hmm. ch- solving the challenges that introverts face in their jobs. I work alone. Yes. I my you know I when I got my computer science degree, the college wanted yes. me to send me out on on um, interviews. I said, Oh no, 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 no! Mm-hmm. I will never work for somebody else again. I don't play well with others. I run with scissors, and if you want coffee, you can get it your own damn self. I'm not going to do it. So I created my right. business 20 years ago, and it's worked out beautifully. But I embraced my introversion because I finally went, yeah. you know, you don't need to be out in public, Denise. It's not where you need to be.
1: Yeah. You know, I've, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs who also claim themselves to be introverts. Mm-hmm. And too. the question I ask them Yeah, and and the question I ask both, you know, entrepreneurs as well as corporate professionals is well what if what if we eliminate the word introvert? Now how would you describe yourself and tell me what your problem is?
0: What kind of problems are they facing? Yeah, I mean I've talked with a lot of people and say, Well people they kind of ignore me. They don't hear me. They're not getting their voices heard is what I'm hearing.
1: Yes, I am overlooked. Um, I try to contribute. I'm not heard. Sometimes I'm talked over. Um, I'm afraid to do public speaking, right? Conflicts and negotiations worry me. Um, I just don't like to be around a lot of people. It drains me. That's another one. Um, right? How do I keep up with the company politics? I can't socialize all the time. Happy hours are not my thing, Um right? And and I have been told to become um, more, what was the word? Somebody, some, one of my clients had mentioned, it, it just flew out of my mind, but um, to become more vocal and assertive, right? Something to that effect. I forget the exact word that was said to them, but one of their, you know, feedback was you've got to become more vocal and assertive so you can, you know, you can put your point across. Um, but, you know, if you remove that from the label, a lot of that is, Self-expression and your ability to have impactful and influential conversations. Right. The other thing about introverts is this this idea of, or you know, this notion of a hey, I don't like to talk to people, and secondly, it drains me a lot. So. It's about where you're getting your energy from. So, and I've met introverts who, you know, one to two people is good enough. Anything from beyond two people, starts. they start to get you know, nervous about having interactions with them. A lot of people don't like spotlight. They don't like to be in the center of it all. Like Brian, my fiancé, you know, like he said, I told you before, he's an introvert. And he's like, oh, I'm going to have all these pictures taken. I'm going to be in the center of it all, and that's just going to make me, me nervous. And it's that too, right? If you're getting success, you start to be on the radar of many people. People start to know you. People will come to you to ha- ask for help or to have you involved in more projects. That's just a, a byproduct of becoming successful. More business if you're an entrepreneur. Um, and people fear that as well because they feel like their introversion, however they think, you know, what their introversion means to them. Um, is what gets in the way. So those are some flavors of, of things that they that they describe as their problem.
0: And right. you just
1: said something
0: important, she, and Then you yes. know, to be advised to get more assertive. If you're an introvert and if you're not comfortable in your own skin and how you communicate, and I am, I guess you can tell I'm very comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. But If you are all of a sudden going from, you know, sitting in the corner, listening, absorbing, you know, really paying attention and then getting your work done no matter what, but all of a sudden you're getting assertive, you don't know how to be assertive and you come across as not good. I mean, you can really irritate some people very quickly.
1: And assertive doesn't mean you have to be aggressive or loud or anything. Right? right? That's what I was trying to say. Putting your point across, right? And people think that's about being the loudness of it. There was a reason I used the word loud because the notion of being loud and proud and you know being verbally very, um, you know, expressive in group settings is something that is embraced very strongly in corporate cultures as well, right? And and today, if you look at the mix of people, there are the the core corporate professionals who are doing the nine-to-five and then they're the entrepreneurs and there's so many people who are in this employer to entrepreneur journey, right? Especially during COVID, there are so many people who started side hustles, who started new businesses and kept their jobs. Um, and, you know, since the remote working became, uh, you know, a lot more prevalent, it, got, it gave people a lot of opportunity. Now think about Introverts in that space where they're they're employees and they're in one structure and then they're trying to stand up' okay, something on the side and and they have to be you know out there like I said, put yourselves out there, make your business known you know put a word out there, which requires them to show up in a certain way too, and all those different groups of people you know are are sort of facing these challenges or it's a change for them. To be something that they're not used to be, it's almost put them out of their comfort zone. What I implore them to consider is, could your introversion just be this idea of, yep, how do I gain my energy? What is it that fills me up or my gas tank, right? And what level of social interactions is my threshold? And based on that, once you know, once you know that, use that and and then plot whatever you, you need to do in order to get to where you want to. I was just Can, working with... I was going to say, give us some examples if you could, and I think you were just about... Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I was just working with this uh, mid-career professional, um, an Indian man um, in the south of India, and... Uh, if you're talking about introvert this is this would be the stereotypical person um, and I love him dearly he's a great uh, you know client we worked together for six or eight months and he really wanted to get to the next level of manager now what was happening was this gentleman was trying to set time on his own direct manager's calendar to talk about you know his career development and he was just getting you know blown off this all the time when it comes to me that's his goal and this gentleman was afraid to even, sitting in India, right, being part of a global team, he had team members in different countries. And this gentleman was afraid to even reach out to somebody outside of his region in his own team to make himself known, right? They knew him as a team member. He would join team meetings. Um, as we started to look into what is it that he would need to do, A would be people should know about him, know that he exists and what he does. And so... That was a big challenge for him. But here's the thing. That was basically that critical mass of interactions he needed to really start to then propel forward. So we started with him reaching out to a team member on his team in the same country, so in India, reach out to a team member. He hadn't held them that he's going through a coaching program with me and that he, you know, is looking to create more, um, more connections, and then lo and behold, people love to help people. That person responded in a very supportive way, started giving him some feedback, and started helping him. Now, this person's reaction was like, "I didn't know they'd be interested in helping me." I said, "Well, you you wouldn't know until you gave them the chance, right?" And so you that, don't know until
0: you ask. That's right. And well, I'll all you say ask, exactly. about, Yeah, entrepreneurs, yeah. and I've said this forever. We are the most giving people in the planet. We yes. really are. Yes. We want to yes. help you. If you ask us, we will do our level best. If we can't help you, we'll find somebody that we can refer yes. you to. Just ask us.
1: Yes. Oh, and ask and then be okay to receive as well as business owners, right? It's not, yes, it's a service base, but it, you're, in, you know, you're deserving to receive you know, as well for in terms of their services. So yeah, just, you know, just quickly wrapping up that story. Then that person got excited, reaches out to a member on his team outside India. It started with UK. So we kind of just like spawned out of, you know, coming out of these connections spawning out of India, then in the UK, then in the US, and then people outside of his team. And then I sat and drafted emails with him with for his manager, you know, to talk to her and said, okay, you know, I wanna get promoted this year. When do the conversations need to happen? What do I need to demonstrate? And then this person started to ask for opportunities, started to then prepare for presentations. Um and I'm very glad to report as of this year the person did get promoted. (laughs) But it was Congratulations. Thank you. I was I was very excited about that. Um this was a person who would have a hard time talking even one on one of the, you know just sharing what was on his mind right um, I mean, we women are much better at it, so so that sort of was playing into it as well but um yeah, it was a very very it was a tough engagement in that sense because I really had to draw him out of it. but once he started to look at his introversion not as an impediment, as I said before, what if he could switch it? His ability to listen, ability to synthesize information quickly, um, you know, just taking in all these inputs in a meeting and then being able to articulate it and provide insight, when he started to see that as a skill that he has versus just somebody who's just sitting in the background and listening, um, he realized that, yeah, I could, I could make this happen. And he had to. He had to demonstrate he could do that. He had to demonstrate he could lead a team of two, three, four people um, that he was doing um, and take them to the next level as well.
0: You know, I've said this before, but introversion is not a disease. It doesn't need to be cured. It should be managed and it should be understood. But it's, you don't need to cure it.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's the same way. You know, I gave a talk recently the myths about introverts and extroverts, and I sort of outline these these you know descriptions, narratives, and stories about introversion and extroversion. It's the same way for extroverts too. They think by talking, um, you know, they do gain energy in social situations. There's many different parameters that contribute to an extroversion. It's not just energy. It's not just socially, you know, being you know being more social versus being anti It's all these different things, and what it means to you as an individual being an introvert and an extrovert. Either way, there are good and bad. The idea is to pick up the good, right, and use that to your benefit. That's the whole point. There's the there's the what it means and then it, what it means for you.
0: It seems you to, to me, Prachi, yeah, exactly. It seems to me that talking about being an introvert or an ambivert or an extrovert or whatever it is, however you want to style yourself, that's something fairly new, isn't it? You know, And I can't, I don't know how far back to go, but maybe five to ten years people are aware of it, where yeah. we just used to get called names. I mean, I've been called antisocial. Yes. I've been called frigid yes. by people who don't know me. What do you mean frigid? I'm yes. reading a book. Go away. Just <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If
1: exactly. you don't
0: understand why introverts are sitting there quietly and absorbing and listening You need to understand, you need to figure out how to operate with us and we need to figure out how to operate with everybody else. I mean, I prefer to be around other introverts any day of the week because honest to God, they're the smartest people on the planet.
1: Oh, absolutely. The amount of information they absorb. And just, you know, if, if you're an avid reader and an introvert, I bet you you've read more than 52 books than any other, you know, one of, some of those business leaders who are quoted, right? And there's a lot of business leaders who are introverts themselves and super successful in what they've done. And, you know, a funny example I'll give you is, as I said before, my sister is an introvert and she's a Bollywood movie director. <laughs> and, uh, and my best friend, who, is, who also works in a bank here in New York, um, is also an introvert and we were at our sailing club last year in the summertime at a you know one of the long weekend picnics and uh, They both come up they sign their names on the badges they look at me and they're like well does this mean we have to talk to people? <laughs> so I'm going how, did that <laughs> how am I surrounded by all of you and I just burst out laughing but they took their own time Right. And like maybe I forget how much time had passed, but over the course of the evening, my sister was sitting and having conversations with six or seven people. She was sitting on the table part of the picnic table with six or seven people around her having a conversation and really enjoying it. So, so it's also a matter of how much time you need to settle in. Right. And, and just just be there and be comfortable and then have a conversation sometimes it's just you know your terms are different as an extrovert you can jump in into any conversation and for introverts it might take a little bit longer so just what's right for you
0: well and the thing is about you know introverts being out in public and i've often said look i'm only good more than two people is two people for me three people i got to go i'm only good for about 59 and three quarter minutes which is kind of a joke. It's really not true. If I find you interesting and we can converse, we can go for hours and it doesn't matter yep. how many people, but if it's just pablum, I'm gone. I, I can't take it. It mm-hmm. drains me.
1: Mhm. And you know, you brought up a good point, Denise. It's about being interesting. We are so afraid of having you know, interesting conversations these days because it's like, oh, how was your weekend? <laughs> Is it good, you know, or you what know, was well, the weather today? We tend to stay at the superficial sides of the party. It doesn't matter if an introvert or extrovert at this point. If you just are in an elevator or if you're in a grocery store or you're in a cafe, just listen to people. Um, our level of interesting conversations have to increase because like you said, once you move past that, surface-level conversation and truly ask, hey, what's going on with you? Or have you done something interesting? Then people will start to tell you. Sometimes it's just asking the right question. I experimented with this. Now in my office or if I go meet people and I said, you know, is there something interesting you did? Or, you know, did you have an experience in the last few, few, you know, weeks or months since we've met that you want to share? And people will talk to you about that versus just asking, hey, how was your weekend? Um, that's the conversation starter, right? Very much so. And I,
0: one of my questions that I had written down to ask you, was, can you tell us about a particularly memorable moment or experience in your career? Either of them, because I really want to know what it is that you do and how you go about it.
1: You mean as an introvert?
0: Either one, introvert or cybersecurity. We're talking about both today.
1: Oh boy! Um, so
0: <laughs> Sorry,
1: I have I have a story to tell. Yeah, so this is this is a little bit of little bit of everything mixed in. So one of my I would say the most interesting and challenging roles in cybersecurity was when I was hired to basically rescue a failing investment in some strategic technology and cybersecurity. It was in multi-million dollars worth of, of strategic investment. And, um, and some very unhappy business stakeholders, right, because there was money being investment, invested in, um, in cybersecurity tech, um, which over a period of two, three years had not come to fruition. There were projects that were you know, long overdue. Money was going in and resources were being wasted. So all of that good stuff. Now, not only that, um, I also inherited on the side, which I thought was the the more challenging part of this role, was acquiring uh, or inheriting a team of nine men and one woman, all my age, or up to 30-some years my senior. Um, And these are core cybersecurity practitioners, um, and I I wasn't as experienced as them in in cybersecurity. Um, And then they were of all ethnicities. And... And the reason I say that was more interesting was because that was the people-dealing aspect of it because I had this team of people who were extremely, like I said, intelligent, accomplished, many of them introverts because these are hardcore techie people trying to get you know, work done. Um, and, I, and over a period of another two to three years, we really turned that entire portfolio of investments around we reduced our costs by 20% we brought you know long overdue projects to completion and so we were very very happy about that from you know the the outcome perspective but the journey through that as a as a woman leading a team of men an ambivert woman having introverts on her team and then people of all backgrounds and ethnicities so it was you know, a full immersion from a diversity inclusion standpoint. It was a full immersion from a subject matter standpoint um, and growth as a leader. Like, what did I need to be in order to serve this team so that they can then become a diverse, high-performing team in cybersecurity, helping the company get to where they need it to get to from a cybersecurity standpoint so that they were in a position to run their business in a secure manner. And it was... It was brilliant. Um, I think what we put together, that's something I'm very proud of, and it was incredibly challenging because, I was, you know, when my, when my then boss told me about this, I was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> so uh, so it, was, it was a big risk I took, and I'm, I'm so happy it paid off. I had to connect with every person on the team individually, learn about their life journey, why were they there, why were they still there, what do they want to see out of it, um, and their personality types. So I really had to adapt myself to their personality types, less as being, you know, um, type A, type B, type C, doesn't matter, or, you know, the MBTIs. But it was more about introverts and extroverts. We ended up dividing the team. Some of them were like, I don't want to talk to people. I'm a subject matter person. I can help you design solutions. And the other person was like, I don't want to do some more, more technical stuff. I'm okay to talk to people, so I'll do that. And we actually organized ourselves around our interests and proclivities at the time less than, you know, sort of, it was sort of non-traditional because that's not how you generally allocate work on the team, right? You do it based on your skills only.
0: And I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because, I mean, and what, what you were telling us about is true leadership, when I mean, you find out who your team, who they are, what they yeah. are, how they operate, how they prefer to operate, and just as yeah. importantly, Prashen, what they can teach you through the process, I'm willing to bet that you learned some brand new skills doing this.
1: Oh, brand new skills, and and really understood, you know, there's really understood sort of the we call gender dynamics in a corporate workplace also, right? I mean, being a woman, we have our experiences in the corporate workplace, but being surrounded by, um, in even in management consulting, I was always, you know, sometimes the only one in the room, um, and I've had those experiences, but this being a leader, leading a group of men, um, which is a very common scenario in cybersecurity just, and technology in a lot of technical spaces now because women, you know, they're growing in the, up the ladder. There's a lot, lot of these um, situations that occur. A lot of women come to me to, you know, to, to seek support for that as well, but that is truly also learning from a gender dynamic standpoint how, how we think differently, right? And that's and the that's gift, how we solve problems, how we approach things. So all those books that you read about, you know, gender dynamics and things like that, and your own experiences, you start to look at them in a different light and say, okay, what is this person trying to do for me? And on the social side, I'll tell you something very, very, it's, it's, it's humorous, but it was also a very, you know, insightful experience for me. Like we had gone out as a team for dinner to celebrate a win and, you know, I'm a grown woman living in New York, living by myself, and it was late at night that night. And um, around, you know, we, I got back home around 1130, and we had a group text going in our, this thing, one of the, one of the gentlemen who has daughters of his own just texted and said, you know, hey, I, he texted in the group chat and said, I reached home, did everybody reach home safely? And then, and then he said, Prachi, question mark. So that was his non-intrusive way of checking in on me to make sure I was, I got home safely without making me feel like he was, um, you know, he was in that caretaking mode, if I may, mm-hmm. which I appreciated, right? Oh, yeah. And I know this for certain because I asked him the next day, I said, you know, I saw you texted and you asked me, I just, I wanted to understand. And he said, yeah, absolutely. But I also want you know, I know you're a grown woman, but it's just, you know, in my in my DNA to do this and this person is from, you know, the Caribbean, so it's it's a different culture there, right? Um so, so acclimating myself with, with things like small gestures like that, right? In and, and I have to tell you we pulled some long days during those days and there were times when I would forget lunch and somebody would bring lunch and put it on my table because one of those one of those, you know, team members saw that I hadn't eaten. And at some other times we would take offense, saying, hey, I don't need to be taken care of. I can take care of myself. You know, I'm, a, I'm an independent woman and stuff like that. But I, I appreciated those gestures also. So I learned, Steve, from that standpoint that I don't have to be a woman and proving myself out there all the time. It's okay to, to have that level of relational connections on the team as well and, you know, allowing to give and receive on both sides, if that makes sense. Um, that makes sense. It does make sense. And it's a very Southern thing.
0: Listen, when they, you know, I have guests here. I'll yeah. make a big gumbo, and guests are here, and they are yeah. ordered when they're driving out. Text me when you get home. Let me know that you're okay. Yeah. I and we all yeah. do. You know, we're all texting back and forth. I'm home. Thank you, boy. It's it's just you're being kind and compassionate and careful yes. with the people around yeah. you. I don't understand, truly, I don't, why women need to constantly say, "Well, I can open the door myself." What the heck is wrong with you? Somebody wanted to open the door for you as an act of kindness. Get over yourself. And that's all I have to
1: yeah. say. I think, it's, I think that's, in, in, in that's what I was sort of getting at because I was checking myself about these things, right? Because we get into such a proving mode that as women, too, we were stereotyped in a certain kind of a, a, a box, right? So all of us are trying to prove that we actually are not in the box by trying to do things that are anti-box. So, you know, so then we're like, "Okay, okay, now, I don't need this right? um I can do it, I'm independent, and yes, I think there's a balance there that can be that can be had um, and also as a leader you know as listening and not being able to you know not just ignoring or overlooking people's inputs um, was tremendous as well, both as a woman and as that, especially you know because You know, the the, the male female thing. I'm a female leader in this organization. I have to prove something. A lot of that is a a baggage that we're trying, you know, we're carrying with ourselves and trying to get rid of as well at the same time. So, I would say that that experience, I think, was one of the most valuable experiences in my in my whole life, and it's completely shaped me as a leader, as a person, as a woman, um, overall.
0: But you took it in. I mean, you identified it and you ran with it. Do you? I have to ask you, um One of true introverts are typically pretty quiet. And yeah. and I'll give you an example. Some many years ago, over twenty years ago, I was invited to be on this board for a local nonprofit. Don't ask me mm-hmm. why I always get invited to those things, and now I know better. I don't do it. <laughs> but I was sitting there <laughs> well, with my first. and only 20% are going to do the work and I'm always part of that 20% and after a while I'm just irritated. But it was my first day there and everybody's talking and talking and talking and talking and I'm listening and I was talking back. You know, I was participating but mostly I was asking questions and there was this one woman there who just, she was just there and I would watch her eyes track every one of us. She never said a word. I don't mind telling you, Mm -hmm. she scared the hell out of me. She really did. All I could think was, "What is this woman thinking? What is going on? Does she hate us? What's going on?" I caught up with her in the the break room, and we had, excuse me, we had a chat. Turns out she is an introvert, and she has been my best friend for twenty-some odd years. I mean, oh wow! I know she's very, very dear to me, but I, I, I kept thinking, "What is she?" And I was fascinated because she was completely passive. There was nothing on her face, nothing. I was like, how is she doing that? Because I've been told I have very expressive eyes. If I don't like you, you know it. So it's hard to be an introvert oh, with that too. going on. Me
1: too. Yeah, I do not <laughs> play poker. I am like the world's worst no. poker player ever. You do not no, want it me shows, on your team. No, <laughs> it shows on my face. It really does. But It doesn't show
0: on Nike's face. And we had this conversation and I said, I said something kind of rude because the whole, the meeting, not about her, you know, it was like, what the heck was that all about? And she just started laughing. She said, I wondered when you were going to catch on. I went, "Ah, oh, I like you. And that was it. We were friends after that.
1: Well, she didn't say anything because maybe she was like, it's not, it's not, you know, worth her time to say anything, right? It's not, an, it, yeah. like I said, it sometimes it she wasn't. just didn't think it would be value add. And actually she conserved her energy because there's no point banging your head on, the, you know, on a wall that's just not going it to, just it's a wall, you know? So right. I think it was incredibly smart as thought well. And that's, a, she, so that's, that's a great example of, you know, superpower, right? She knew yeah. exactly when to conserve her energy. She She does. Where to stay up. And it's a great leadership trait because... Well, I had never faced it.
0: I had never seen anybody Uh just sit there completely immobile like that. And I was thinking, Oh my god I mean, I was fascinated, kind of freaked out, but fascinated. And as but, it turns out another she created woman, there was a
1: mystique around her. She yeah, there was a mystique, right? She's like, What is she thinking? Right. And and you're yeah. attracted to that because you're just like, What is yeah. this person about? What are they thinking? Because they're not telling. And well, it's I a took great that state, on. Especially in negotiations. Right. Yep. They tell you not to talk first, right? They, right? they will ask you to allow everybody to express themselves. And if you're a good leader, you will invite everybody to the table to share their thoughts, and then you will speak. And as a good leader, you should be the last one to speak anyways.
0: Exactly. So, and I've, I've, she's trained me unknowingly, and I'll have to let her listen to this, but I've been in situations <laughs> where I'll just say, okay, do Maggie, and I just shut up. And it
1: yeah. scares people. It really worries them. Totally, because it's like, well, this person needs to say something. Now she's not saying anything. And you know what's going on? Is she okay about it? Or is she not okay about it? Right? It actually makes people uncomfortable because you're not saying anything. It, and I think introverts have that naturally. That's one thing we actually absolutely work on with, you know, I work on with introverts to say, did you understand that your your ability to listen or to absorb information is a superpower? It's not your, it, it, don't see it as an ability to, and I'm saying this, you know, in a, various, in a very clear way here. It's more conversation and question-based when I'm in, an, in a session. But it's, well, what if this is the superpower and you're not seeing that as a lack of self expression but discernment about when to talk and when not to
0: talk Ooh. discernment that's perfect and you know what i have found too and i know you have is that the less we talk people get a little bit nervous and that's when they start blabbing and you learn all kinds of things they didn't want you to know
1: uh huh yeah just a bit i
0: feel and, like a, you know i'm getting out my light bulb and shining it in your eyes like, tell me tell me <laughs> Tell me everything I want yeah. to know.
1: right and and extroverts naturally are expressive some it's not in and some people are like some people just like to hear themselves talk, and there are some people who genuinely like to talk through problems right, right. and you ha- also have extroverts who walk around the room talking to themselves because they just like so oh, uh, what's wrong with that more auditory. <laughs> I mean,
0: it, uh, introverts do that. I talk to myself all the time. I frequently, um, and I live alone. I'm the smartest person in the room. I live alone. I can say that with impunity. Yeah. Yeah. But I always talk out loud because, and I'll tell you why, because when we're just thinking thoughts, we've got 100 miles a minute going on in there. We we can't pick out which thought we really need to concentrate mm-hmm. on. But when we stop mm-hmm. and we say, okay what's bothering me, and you speak it out loud, you can only say one thing at a time. So talk right. out loud. Right. Just don't do it in the in the piggly wiggly or the grocery
1: store. Yeah. And
0: unless you, you can know, convince in, people in you're on the phone.
1: Absolutely. And in the neuroscience books, like there's scientific evidence is if we think seventy thousand some thoughts, right, our brains are just engaged all the time scanning situations you know filtering between fighters you know threat or not and stuff like that and so to your point focusing your thoughts on certain things on the problem at hand or being able to divert your attention from things that you don't want to those are all skills that have nothing to do with the label of introversion and extroversion right it's just we put we ring sense ourselves with these labels and you know what i really appreciate that has been coming out in the science as well, is the fact that regardless of who you are, where you are health-wise, mentally, you know, or personality-wise, we can change ourselves. We can literally unplug, unwire our brains, unlearn things that we have learned. It's not going to be easy in certain situations. And then learn new things and rewire our brains in ways that are conducive and supportive for ourselves.
0: Give us some practical and tips and tools to do that, if you would.
1: Um, just a simple. So I'll take. I'll give you an example about this. This other client I had, a person in the UK, um, gentleman as well. Um, he is very called himself introvert and is very non-confrontational, to the point where he had he. He said, acquired clients were practically just bullying him into giving service. And he was a customer success manager. I don't know how he survived all those years in that role, but um, he used to have a hard time saying no to clients. Used to, you know, and they used to take him, you know, for a for a ride. And working with him, practically non-confrontation for him was a was a fear. He wrapped it around saying, well, I'm an introvert. I can't, con- you know, I can't have difficult conversations with people. I basically end up being a yes man. For, A again, to say, what if this wasn't an introversion issue? What if, you know, let's define what introversion means for you. So that's one thing for him. For him, it was his inability to talk to people, his inability to express himself or saying what was on his mind in a way that was well-received by the, by the you know, party he wanted to say it to. removing the biases that were in his head, implanted in his head because of the label introversion. And a practical, you know, practically for him, what he ended up doing was, well, okay, what if this was not a limitation? How do I get to being to a place where I can tell a customer no? Part of that, we started digging into what was it that put him in a place of becoming that non confrontation. What was he fearing? Right? Getting down to the crux of the issue, saying, What is it that you're fearing? In in um, creative thinking, uh, critical thinking world, there's the concept of five Ys, right? You keep asking, saying, Okay, I do X, Y, Z, Y and then you get to the next level. And it's a very rapid exercise you do. So, you know, I, don't I like do that to Yeah, I
0: actually yeah. do that and it's brilliant.
1: So that's what we started working on and got to the crux of it, saying, you know, he's just like that. And, and mind you, this this the, this trait of his was not limited to work. It showed up in his, his relationship. It showed up in his friendships. So he said, I never end up asserting which restaurant I go to. I just kind of go with the flow with what everybody wants. So even if I really want tacos, I'll end up going and eating steak because that's what everybody else wanted, right? But his issue was, even though I express myself, I won't be seen and heard. That was a belief he he truly was living, against, living with that he was deeply embedded in his subconscious mind. And we did the five whys multiple, time multiple times over. And that's why just very quick exercise. That's why I gave that as an example to get to it. And, and I said, do you now connect it with your introversion or your, your understanding of you being an introvert? He's like, yeah, I see it. And I said, is it really connected? And he said, no, it's not. And after that awareness, we then said, can you unlearn this? And then, then we started to say, okay, if you were not this, if you did not know this about you, or if this was not true about you, right, that you cannot confront people, what could be possible for you? How would you approach it? And then we did some role plays around some difficult scenarios. And, again, I was very fortunate or, and fortunate for him too. He got to practice that when he actually ended up offboarding a client for his company after several years, and this was a long-term client, on, on amicable terms, but because they could not serve their increasing demands and that was not conducive to the company, and he was able to have that conversation versus running to his manager all the time. So what we ended up doing was coming to recognition, really reaching down into understanding what was it at the crux of the issue, unlearning that. It took a while. It didn't happen in, a, you know, a day or so. It was several weeks' worth of work. And, and he was very diligent about it, which I appreciate that about him. And then he literally built new neural pathways, which is, you know, the way our neurons are connected and our, our thoughts are fired in our brain. That's the actual physical rewiring of the brain. And if we were to do a scan, I'm sure we'll see it. But, you know, that's how, what the, the scientific theory of it is. And he's able to do that now.
0: You know, I've heard this about neural pathways many times, and I'm not entirely sure I understand it. Well, I think I understand it. I've never really delved deep into it, but you have mentioned it and several people have, and I think it's important because it's kind of like paving over an old rutted road, if I understand it correctly. You've got this mess. You don't want to go down that road. It's full of potholes. It makes you miserable. Your neck hurts when you get out of the car. It's just not good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you basically mm-hmm. change your mind. You change your mindset, and you pave over that with new tarmac. Does that sound about right?
1: Um, yeah, or just new new pathways altogether. Let's say a trail is oh. in the woods, right? It's, it's waterway, rain down, or you just don't want to walk that far. It's going to lead you straight into a sinkhole or something, right? That right. pathway you've been firing. So think about think about the belief as being a, a certain pathway. And I'm oversimplifying this, right? So neural pathway is really about neurons connecting to each other. The neurons are the the nerve cells in the in the brain and our central nervous system, right? And and neurons that, that wire together fire together. So if, if a thought is is running through those pathways, so you're constantly thinking like that. That's what makes our mindset, right? So this is the 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 scientific sort of explanation of what happens when we're continuously thinking the same thing over and over again the idea is you break that and you reconstruct new neural pathways i um, like and that so, does that make sense and then it's like it's all it neuroplasticity and and a big example of that my own mother um had in some you know some freak this thing during her surgery had um something called embolic showers in her brain, and she lost her ability to um, speak and was paralyzed. And It was just a side effect of this upper It just went south. So um, not good. So she comes out of that, and then the neurologist said her brain will try to relocate all those functions into the other side. That is a classic example of her, and she was in her late 50s at the time. He said, we don't know how much of her motor functions will come back. But she, you know, she does it. This woman, after six months of physical therapy, after you know all of that, literally has her, with the exception of her pinky finger, which is a little bit, you know, off. Sometimes, she, um, what do you say? She regained all of her motor skills that she had lost on her right side.
0: Oh, good! I was going to ask you, how is she?
1: Oh, she's good. But that was a classic exam. She was determined. She was like, I am not going to use a walker my whole life, you know. And it was, it was literally, you know, it's a miracle, a big blessing in some way, but her body was able to do that, right? That is, that is, I mean, it's not an example of how that could happen. So similarly, our thoughts, um, you know, you have the ability to create new pathways in your brain. Our brain is extremely trainable. But yeah, if you don't, you're not aware of it. You're not intentional about it. It can go, it can keep fighting the same path. That's why sometimes you're just stuck in a thinking loop. And that so, makes
0: so much sense. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we identify ourselves or other people identify us for us as introvert, ambivert, you know, extrovert, whatever. And sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong. But I think what we're understanding now and in the last several years and, you know, and as a result of this conversation that we're having today, we have to define what kind of personality we have. I mean, I've always known yes. that I was an introvert before there was even a term for it, I think. I just knew that yeah. I desperately needed to be left alone. And when I say leave me alone, yeah. I'm not kidding. I need to be alone. That's how I function. But I'm also pig-headed yeah, and I don't have I mean, any trouble... Yeah, and I don't yeah. have any trouble with it no, at all. It's not about your ability to talk
1: to people. It's, no, Yeah, and it's not, not your skill set. Not, you're not antisocial. It's just you like to spend time alone more than you like to spend time in other people's company. And that's the introversion for you. For some other people, it may be, you know, this ability to not this ability to confront people or have your own self-expression or being heard. That's why it's like, it's you know, what is right out there and what is right for you right in life for you that's i think the quest we're all on and what we tend to do is compare ourselves to this these notions and then judge ourselves to be less than that and i'm guilty of it i'm not saying i'm i'm far from it right i go into the most self-critical mode ever (laughs) and And we we, um, all do uh, we all do honestly
0: if go ahead i'm sorry
1: no, those, those, those labels don't help because those labels compound it, I feel, because then it becomes a benchmark suddenly that you either meet or you miss, right? You do. Um, and
0: as women in particular, I find we talk ugly to ourselves. And I've often said if any living person spoke to me in a Walmart parking lot, the way I speak to myself, I'd need bail money. Yeah. It would get ugly yeah. real quick. So why do we do that to ourselves? That's a whole other conversation, I think.
1: It's just subconscious training, right? That is the messages we acquired, and somehow that just becomes our dominant thought pattern. Again, those are dominant thought patterns. You're the only thinker in your mind. Louise Hay has said that several years ago. I yep. heard her, you know, yep. one of her tapes. You are the only thinker in your mind. We attach voices to it. We attach names to it. We attach labels to it. It's the same way. If you're an introvert, what is that voice in your head telling you about being an introvert? Right, I'm an introvert, but you can be an exceptional leader because you're an introvert, and you can pull together a, a you know a group of extroverts. You can lead extremely well because you have the ability to listen and synthesize what they have to say. Complementing that, extroverts can lead a team of introverts because they can really draw out their skills. If an extrovert is committed to that team, to say, okay, I'm going to help these people, you know, become who they want to become as an, you know, as an extrovert, they can draw that energy out of those people too. So, in a in a positive way. So there's, there's power on both sides with the ability to come together and work together. Right. And, and for all of us to move towards our hopes, dreams, and desires. Well,
0: and how you described working with your team by going to each one of them and, you know, delving deep and finding out who they are, what they bring to the table that was brilliant. Yeah. So I hope everybody will go back and listen to that. Pashi, we are just about out of time. Where can people find you?
1: They can find me on com or com.
0: Perfect. Oh, thank you so much for being such a delightful and fascinating guest and for sharing great tips and advice on how to get your voice heard if you're an introvert. And before we wrap up today's episode, if you have enjoyed today's episode and found our insights, mostly hers, helpful, please leave us a review and rating on iTunes. Yeah. Your feedback really does help us improve and reach more people on their own success journeys. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave a review, and share your partner in Success Radio with your friends and colleagues. And go look for Prashi. Prashi, one more time, tell people where they can find you.
1: Well, I neglected to add they can find me on LinkedIn and direct message me if they have any questions, um, and they can find me on ThingDesigncyber.com, or ThinkDesignCyberLeadersHub.com, and that is all in my LinkedIn profile as well.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next one. Hey, and tell um, our friend Susan Harrow hi for me. This was such a great introduction. Get your voice heard If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast Contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com And go to the podcast tab